Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Amen, amen. How's everybody doing today? Amen. Amen. And those of you that are online, man, I hope you're doing good. Welcome to Renew Church Online. We're glad that you're here. And uh, if you live in Miami, join us in person, whether it be at our Homestead campus or here in Miami. But we're so glad that everybody's here today. Um, we, I want to I talk about one other quick announcement um, before we get into the Word this morning. Serve Day is next week. And uh, so it's something we've been talking about. And uh, when we first started talking about this, it's one of our core values. We love our city. And um, we, we started by thinking, you know what, we're going to like pass out water bottles in the community and then we're going to like walk canvas the neighborhood right around us and ask them if they need any help and, and give away some canned goods and things to, to people right here around us. And then we were like, you know what, these, these people right around us, they don't need as much help. Like they, they live in pretty nice houses and they drive pretty nice cars. And, and I'm not saying that they can't be fooling somebody and maybe they're in the very, their wits end, but we started thinking about this and saying, you know what, who can we help that can really make an impact? And it immediately came to mind, we started thinking about this lady, Antonia. Antonia is somebody that's been a part of our church and in our ministry, and especially a part of our Spanish ministry that we're trying to build and grow. And Antonia is somebody that when we have done turkey giveaways, when we've done Christmas gift giveaways, when we've had blankets, when we did a health fair with the Homestead Community Health Center, all of these things that we did, we did them through Antonia. Why Antonia? Because Antonia is this lady that's connected to, to Renew Church that just has like this, this spirit of like just serving others and loving others unconditionally. And, and, and the people that, are, that come to her that, that may have only been in the country for just a few days or a few weeks, they trust her. When they may not trust me and they may not trust somebody in a uniform, they trust her. And so she has been this person that whenever we need something, we go to Antonia. But Antonia is the type of person as well that she never, she never asks for anything for herself. And so when I went to her and I said, Antonia, would you be okay? Would it be insulting to you if we, we helped you? She said, no, pastor, it would bless me. It would be a great blessing to me if you could or if you would help us. So we got a couple of photos up here. This is where Antonia, Antonia lives. And Antonia is, is a person that, that it, it's about five miles west, just about, you know, four miles west of Chrome Avenue out here in the Redlands. But she, she has had opportunities to move. She lives in a trailer on a small nursery out in the west part of the Redland. And when she's had opportunity to move, she said, I won't move because my people know where I live. And even though a social worker has offered me an apartment in Miami somewhere, I won't have the impact that I have. And so I'm going to continue to stay here and live in this kind of situation and these kind of circumstances. And so we have decided that we are, we're, we're, we're buying a dumpster. We're renting one of these massive dumpsters and we've got a, a couple of guys with trailers and, and, you know, a metal guy and different people. And we're going to go and we're going to serve Antonia uh, there. She's got a, a, a lot of trash that she could use some help cleaning up. And, and uh, if you want to be a part of this um, serve day at Renew Church. Come to church this time next week, 1035 service. Stay for church, wear your work clothes, bring some gloves and goggles if you have them. If not, we'll try to get some for you. And then we're going to go and we're going to serve Antonia. We're going to bless her. We're going to try to fill up some, some, some trailers and dumpsters 
to be able to, to clean up her property. We're also going to do a little bit of roof work and, and maybe some other things um, with her. But if, even if you have young kids, you know, bring them so they can experience this and maybe they can realize, man, what it is that they have. It, we take for granted, I know my girls, they take for granted what they have. They take for granted the house they live in, the cars we drive, everything we have. And, and when you come and you see an experience like this, you, you might, it might break your heart a little bit to say, you know what, I can do more. And one of the things we've been talking about in our staff is we want to raise up a church that is not consumers. In other words, if you just come here and you sit down and you leave and that's it, you're a consumer. We don't want to raise up consumers. We want to raise up contributors, people that, that know God, that find freedom, that discover the purpose and they begin to make a difference. And that's every day of the week. That's, that's through serving in the community. That's giving to renew. That's being a contributor and not a consumer, okay? Is that, is that good? You guys understand that? You agree with that? Okay. All right, all right. I just uh, tongue-lashed some of you guys, and I apologize if that sounded really harsh. If you're new today, welcome to Renew. <laughs> I love you. Hey, uh, I want to talk today from Luke chapter 15. I want to talk about this same story that we looked at last Sunday, but I want to look at it from a different perspective. So don't leave, don't check out. This week I want to talk to you a little bit about the, the older brother because last week we talked about the younger brother and that's the one that always gets all the attention. He's the one that, that uh, gets all the credit or the recognition. And this older brother is the one that oftentimes gets overlooked. So pray with me and then we'll get into the word. God, we thank you. We praise you for the good things you're doing, all that you're going to do. I pray that you administer to hearts and lives. And uh, God, just help us to be present in this place or even online to hear from you what it is you want to say. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 25. Okay, so that's kind of halfway into the story of the prodigal son. Luke 25, 15, 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. He said, your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf and because he has him back safe and sound. And the older brother became angry and he refused to go in. So in other words, just if you missed last week or if you don't, aren't familiar with this story, the story is really centered around the prodigal son that ran away, the son that squandered his father's wealth and, and wild living. But he comes to his senses and he finds identity, intimacy, inheritance, and rest when he comes back home. But this is the la latter part of the story. And it says the older brother, he hears all of this, he finds out what's going on, and he says he became angry and he refused to go in. So his father went out and he pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, in other words, my translation, when this guy, you know, anybody talk like that? I do sometimes. When this guy who has squandered your property with prop prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father says, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and he is found. This is God's word, and we're thankful for it today. I, I, last week, we talked about the orphan who chose the hard life, but came to his senses and came back to the home life. But this week, I want to talk about the orphan who never left the house. I want to talk about the orphan, the older brother, 
orphan who never left the house. And as I read this story and I think about that older brother from his perspective, I kind of think to myself, this story is completely unfair because I'm a guy that like, I like to to earn what I get and I'm a, a person that I feel like I, I, I deserve what I work for and I have that worker mindset, that worker mentality. And if you have that mentality, you might feel the same way as me. You might think like, man, it, if somebody's coming in and they're, they're not carrying their load, then they get what they deserve, right? It's that mindset of I don't play well with others and, and just get out of my way. And if you're not going to do it, let me do it. And, and one of your best mottos, one of our best mottos is if you want something right, you just do it yourself. It's that, that worker mentality. This was who he was as the older brother. And sometimes it feels like the people that live the rowdy life, the people that choose the, the hard life, like we talked about last week, they get more praise and glory in the church and from God, it seems, when they repent and return than those who have lived respectable and responsible lives their entire life. Is that not true? Is that not true that sometimes we celebrate the guy that was the prodigal that went away but came back, but for the guy that's just been faithful and committed, sometimes it's like, oh yeah, you're, you're faithful, you're committed, but you know what, we're going to talk about this other guy most of the day and most of our, our, our celebrations are going to be centered around that. We don't highlight people on this stage oftentimes that have done the right thing for a long time. And that's who this message is for, for, for the people that don't sometimes come on the stage. It's for those orphan spirits, the people that have that orphan heart who never left the house. And maybe you're feeling some of that even as I talk about it. You see, if the orphan son who ran away had a rebellious spirit, then the orphan who stayed home, who stayed at the house, he had a religious spirit. And he felt he had to earn his father's love and acceptance by working hard. That's the way he felt. That's what he was, he, uh, the way he considered himself. He didn't have the rebellious spirit, but he had the religious spirit. When we opened the series a couple of weeks ago, I preached from, and I talked about Romans chapter 8, in Romans 8, in the, the Passion Translation, it says the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. In other words, it's not this like living this life in the NIV, it says, that makes you a fearful slave. You, you're not doing it out of a religious duty or obligation leading you back into the fear of never being good enough, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. In other words, in the NIV it says, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. It wasn't because of religious duty. It wasn't because of what you've done. It's because you are welcomed into the family of God as a son or a daughter. You don't have to have that orphan heart. The spirit of religious duty is, is oftentimes, though, it's tied to this orphan heart. And you don't have to be religious to have a religious spirit. You, you might say, well, I'm not, I don't have that. that. That doesn't apply to me because this is like my first time to church or this is my first couple months to church, so I'm definitely not religious because I didn't grow up in church. No, you could literally have this religious heart, this religious spirit, because you just think, I need to earn it. I have to earn what it is that I'm going to receive from God. Here's how you'll know if you have this orphan heart in your life. Number one, if you harbor resentment, then you might have an orphan heart. The older brother, he resented his younger 
brother. And if you're taking notes, you've got a worship guide, there's a fill in the blank there. And if you take notes, you'll remember what you talked about. You'll go back and study it. I encourage you to do the fill in the blanks. The first point is, is resentment always leads to a reaction. Resentment leads to a reaction. So what does resentment mean? It's a feeling of anger or displeasure stemming from a belief that one has been wronged by others. I, I think of the Spanish word sentir, and I know that I'm not the best at Spanish, but it's that, that word to feel. But resent, resent is to feel again, to feel again, right? Like constantly feeling this again. Every time you think about them, you're, 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 you're thinking this emotion, this thought, this, maybe this little bit of a, a spike in your blood pressure because you're like, man, he did not deserve that. Does that make sense? That's that harboring of resentment. Cain resented Abel because he was, his offering wasn't accepted, and Abel's was. Joseph's brothers resented him because their father loved him more than him. them. Paul resented John Mark because he bailed on them on a missionary journey. And my question for each and every one of you is, is who do you resent? Who do you resent? Maybe it's an ex-wife or an ex-husband. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a pastor. Or maybe it's a political party. Who do you resent? Think about this. Harbor resentment. What does it mean to harbor resentment? Harbor is where you take ships, right? To bring them in from the storms, to bring them inside the harbor, away from the outside. So when you take a hurt and you harbor it, what are you doing? You're bringing it inside to the closest part of you and what happens on the inside it starts to 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 fester and and cook and 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 fume inside of you so what's the big deal about that for the angry older brother he would hold it inside and he would never let it go and he would not find healing here's the reaction of his resentment in Luke chapter 15 28 it says the older son became angry and he refused to go in. You know, so the whole time he knew his brother was out partying, he knew his brother was out there in the world while he was in here at the estate working, and he was like, one day he's going to come back and he's going to get his. But when he hears a party's going on, he's like, oh my goodness. And resentment leads to a reaction. And that reaction is, I'm not going in. I'm not going there. I'm not going to that party. I'm not going to celebrate with this idiot that has ruined and wasted his father's inheritance, his father's estate. You ever done that? You ever said, I'm, I'm never talking to that guy again. I, I'm, I'm never going back there again. I'm done with you. Uh, you're canceled. It's a mindset that sometimes we live in in this day and age. If they don't agree with you on everything that you, you say, then you just cancel them. You ever been there? You ever harbored that kind of resentment towards someone? I've heard of stories and I've shared stories of people that got into a fight over a lawnmower. Brothers, close family members, they got into a fight over a lawnmower and they didn't talk for 10 years. 10 years of their life, an a, a, a eighth of their life or a tenth of their life wasted over $200 lawnmowers. How stupid is that? But that's what resentment does. It causes us to, to, to get angry and, and harbor these things. Resentment always leads to a reaction. Cain's resentment led to a reaction, and the reaction was he killed his brother. Joseph's brother's resentment led to a reaction of selling him into slavery. 
the people that grew up with Jesus, his, his neighbors and his, his, his friends and those that were in his, his uh, hometown, they resented him. They were deeply, Matthew 13 says, they were deeply offended. And because even though they knew the miracles were legit, because of who he was and because of they, who they knew him to be, they refused to believe in him. Resentment leads to a reaction. So what's the root of this resentment? We get a, a sneak peek into this as to why this older brother feels this way. In verse 29, he says, he answers his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. I've been slaving for you, and I never disobeyed your orders, yet you never even gave me a goat, a young goat, so I could celebrate with my friends. See what happens? You know what the root of, of, of his resentment was? Our old friend, comparison. Our old friend, comparison, was rising up. It was this me versus him mentality. You see, the older orphan brother was keeping score, and that's your second point if you're taking notes. You've got to stop keeping score. You've got to stop keeping score. The son says, look how many years I've worked for you, and I've never disobeyed you. In, in one translation, it says, I slaved for you. In other words, he wasn't even acknowledging his sonship. He was like, I slaved for you. You know why he said that? Because the entire time he was keeping score. The son presents the scoreboard and the father didn't even know they were. There was a scoreboard. He didn't even know they were keeping score. He didn't compare the sons. I find myself in the same position as this older brother. I find myself in this position of liking to keep score. Uh, growing up in sports, it didn't make sense to play a game if we didn't know who was winning. I just, that's just the way I, 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 I was raised. Uh, and, and in life, and even as a, a, an a adult, I do this sometimes. Like, I always have to take out the trash. Why doesn't my 12-year-old or my 17-year-old do it? Or I always attend the meetings. I'm a, I'm a good, you know, community leader. I always go to these meetings. This guy never shows up for any of these. I never call out. Here's another one. I always text you. I always call you. You never call me. You never text me. You know what that is? I'm keeping score. Even with God. Hey, God, I did my quiet time all week this week. I spent time with you. I prayed. I read my Bible. I did my entire daily reading plan every day. Didn't miss a, a day. I woke up early for this. And this is what I get. Like, this is the kind of like life that I'm dealing with. I'm keeping score. Question is, did you hear from him? Did I hear from him? Yeah, you, you read the verses, you checked the box, you did your religious duty in your religious spirit, but did you hear from God? Even if you just read one verse, not your five chapters, even if it's just one verse, did you hear from God in that verse? Did he speak to you through his word? The Pharisees love to keep score. Matthew 6, he says, And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Martha loved to keep score. Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing, and she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you? My sister just sits here while I do all the work. Tell her to come and help me. Martha was the older sister that's looking at Mary sitting at Jesus' feet. And she's keeping score and saying, how does she get to go and sit there while I have to do all the work? See, with spiritual orphans, righteousness must be measured by comparison. 
The only way I know if I'm doing okay or not is by comparing myself to you. Secretly, secretly, we sometimes wish and hope that that younger brother or that younger friend or person, that other orphan fails. We hope they fail. You know why? Because when they fail, they, they make us, the, the religious ones, they make us feel a little bit better. At least I didn't do that. You know, I, we, we slow down for car accidents and we're like, ooh, look at that. At least I didn't drive like that. I'm, I'm not having as bad of a day as that. We have this, this, this comparison model and that's, that's why Only in Date is so popular. People love to, to watch it and, and you hope your video gets on Only in Date. You don't want to be in the video, let me clarify. But you hope that your video gets on there. But it's, it's like, look how stupid our citizens are, right? Like, that's, that's why we do that. Because we have this, this, this comparison and we say, at least I'm not that bad. You know what that is? We're grading on a curve. We're grading on a curve. Let me tell you something. We, righteousness is graded on a curve. And we like to do that. We like to say, well, at least I'm not as bad as him. Maybe I did a little bit of bad, but I'm not as bad as him. But guess what the way Jesus grades? He grades on the cross. When we grade righteousness on a curve, Christ grades righteousness on the cross. So he doesn't look at it the same way. It's measured with the cross. In other words, bank robbers and candy thieves are on the same plane. Liars and people that fudge on their taxes, same plane. Women that have affairs and, and men that just take a second look, same plane. Does that make sense? It's, it's on the cross, not on a curve. It's not, at least I'm not that guy. Even murderers and people that kill you with their words. It's the same plane. Christ grades on a cross, not on a curve. When you realize the cross alone is the standard of righteousness, you will run to it and you'll praise God for taking your filthiness and replacing it with His perfectness. Religion is spelled do. Sonship is spelled done. So stop keeping score. Here's the last thing uh, that I want to share with you as we start to wrap up. Verse 25, this is subtle and this was something that uh, even as I, I, I heard this message through Pastor John Chastain of Victory Church in Oklahoma, he talked about this and I had never seen this before as many times as I had read this. Verse 25 says, meanwhile the older son was in the field and when he came near the house he heard music and dancing. The, the, the subtle thing that I want you to catch is, is he came near this house. The, the younger son came home to be with the father, to experience intimacy, identity, inheritance, and rest. But the, the, the older son, it says, when he came near the house. Why does that matter? It's this word oikia. It's this, this word that means inhabitants, your property, your wealth, your goods. It's, it's the difference between the younger son and the older son, the difference between a home and a house. The older son was looking at it as an accomplishment. He was looking at it as an investment. He was looking at it as, this is what I have earned and this is what I am doing. This is that religious spirit building up. The prodigal son came to his senses and he said, it's more than a house. It's a home. It's a place where I can find everything that I need. And, and the man that's there, he's not just the father. He's my dad. He's not just my boss. He's my, my dad. 
See, Martha saw it as an investment while Mary saw it as intimacy. Martha, uh, Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are worried about many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. For the older orphan, God is a, a place of work. Work harder to be received. It, this is the house where you're, you're going to earn and, and, and get these things. To the son, God is a place of rest, of home, acceptance, and intimacy. When you have the religious spirit, religion makes God the boss and you the employee. But Jesus makes God the father and you the sons and daughters. Verse 29, he answered the father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. I've never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Man, he wanted a young goat and there was a steak on the menu that night. They were having like the fattened calf. He was wanting a remnant when the father was offering him the ribeye, but he didn't want it. He was so upset about what happened. And that's one of my last points for you today is, is don't settle for a goat. Don't settle for a goat when God is offering you something far greater. This son, this older son that represents many of you in the room today, he would go to the fields every day when he needed to be resting with his father every day. He needed to be in the house, in the home, and experiencing what the Father had to offer him. He settled for slavery when he could have received sonship. See, the spiritual orphan, they operate as victims, while the sons and the daughters, they operate as victors. Orphans, they see the worst. Sons, they see the best. In this verse in verse 31 the father tells the older son everything that he needs to hear in one verse everything that he had told to the younger son in the previous verses he tells him in one verse and it's verse 31 he says my son so first thing he gives him is identity you're not a slave you're not a servant he says my son the father said you are always with me second thing he offers him is intimacy he's saying you are always with me we are one we are together and everything I have is yours. He offers him inheritance. He offers him identity, intimacy, inheritance. In other words, he's saying, I've already given you everything. And you're like, well, what are you talking about? Like he's out in the fields working. He didn't have to. He didn't have to. In, in the beginning of this parable, in verse 12, the younger son, it says, says to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. And the rest of the verse says, so he divided the property between them. Them, plural. Who's them? It wasn't the servants. It was the older son and the younger son. And so he already had it. It was already his. He just hadn't even received it. In fact, he received more because in Hebrew tradition, the older son got a double portion. So the younger son took off with, with his father's inheritance, but he got half what the older brother got. But he didn't even know he got it. As we uh, conclude the service this morning, I want to invite you to stand and, and um, give you this, this thought. This is the, the, the strange thing. Come on, let's stand. Strange thing about this parable is, is there's really no ending 
to this, this parable. If you read Luke chapter 15, it's a parable. And what is a parable? It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. In other words, Jesus tells parables to help prove a point, to explain a, 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 a point behind something. The way this service, the, the, the way this, this parable concludes, he, he concludes it by, by kind of leaving it open as to what's going to happen next. With the younger son and the older son, we don't even know what happens next. And I think there's a reason for that. I think the reason for that is, is to kind of give you the opportunity to, to conclude the story. For you to kind of determine what it is that you want to do and who it is that you are. So that's my question for you today. Are you the older son or the younger son? Are you, the, are you the, the, the one that squandered your father's wealth and wild living? We talked about them all last week, and, and you lived a crazy life, and you came home. You, you, you want to experience identity, intimacy, inheritance, and rest. You want all of those things, and we celebrate you today. We did last week. Or are you the older son? You've never done anything wrong. And Dad, I, I, look at this guy. He's a, he's a bum, and he does not deserve a party. He definitely doesn't reserve your ring and your robe. I'm not going in. Because all I've ever done for you is everything you've asked. And I never even got a goat. If you're that person, then you still are dealing with the orphan spirit. If you're that older brother, and you're harboring resentment towards someone else, You still have that orphan spirit. It might be in a different way than the younger one, but you're still wrestling with this thing that you need to let go of. So how do you conclude the story? How do you write it? What, what is it for you? I think Jesus left it open for you so that you could just be, whether you're the, the young son that lost your locket and Jesus is saying, come home, or you're the older orphan that never left the house, but that's all it was. It was just a house. You're, you've been harboring resentment and keeping score, forgetting what's yours. And Jesus is saying to you, everything I have is yours. Come on. Come home. Come experience everything that I have for you. If you're not sure, if you have that orphan spirit, that, that religious, you know, mentality, if you're not sure about it, uh, let me give you some, some examples. When, when you think of a family member or a friend, when you think of a boss, when you think of that, what, what immediately comes to mind? Is it bitterness? Is it frustration? Is it, I'm refusing to go in? What is the reaction? Or is it one of these fruits? Love, joy, peace and patience and kindness, gentleness and faithfulness self-control what, what what is it if if you think about that person and it's bitter you might be that older orphan son and today here and now you can say man i don't want that anymore because the thing is is it's not even hurting them they probably don't even know that you're bothered by it they probably don't even think about it but it is destroying you 
It's messing with you. And today you can say, you know what, God, I, I'm surrendering that to you. I'm surrendering this religious spirit to you. And I'm just saying, God, I want to be your son or your daughter. I want to experience identity, intimacy, your inheritance. And I no longer just want to be in the house. I want to be home. I want to be uh, a son and daughter, not an orphan. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Father, I'm praying for the person in the room that has been faithful their whole life, or even if it's just a large part of their life for the last few years, and they're just they're upset because all we ever talk about is the prodigal. All we ever talk about is the, the bad one that turned a little bit good and we celebrate and we have a party for him. But for this one that has always been faithful and has always honored you and, and comes to church regularly and serves you and reads your word and gives and does all of these things, but God, at the same time, maybe they're harboring some resentment. Maybe they're keeping some score. God, I pray that they would be able to find freedom from that today. That they would be able to say, you know what, I let go. I let go of these things. I want to come back to the Father who has called me a son or daughter, has said, I am with you and you have always been with me. Everything I have is yours. God, help them to realize it. Help them to feel it. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if that's you today and you would say, Pastor, I've been dealing with that religious spirit. Would you just lift your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor? Pray for me. I see your hands up here. I see your hands on my left. I see your hands in the back. I see your hands over here. Thank God. God, you see the hands, but you also see the hearts, and I thank you for that. God, work in these people whether it's the one that, that has ran far from you or has always stayed close, but it might as well have been a million miles away. God, work in their hearts. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, today can be the day of salvation. Today can be the day that you start that walk with Him. And, and it, that's just what it is. It's the beginning. It's the start. It's not the end. It's not a conclusion. It's the it's the. The starting line and the finish line is when we finally make it to eternity, when we finally make it to heaven. But if you want to start that walk with Jesus today, it's a simple prayer of faith that goes like this, and I'm going to invite you to ask Jesus to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, even right now. Those of you that are online and those of you in the room, if that's you today, I'm just going to invite you to repeat this prayer after me, and it goes like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross. I know that I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes, but Jesus grades on the cross, not on the curve. Forgive me, come into my life, and make me a new creation. Today, I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for dying for me. And I choose to live for you. 
with your heads remaining bowed just for a moment, if that was you today, if you made that declaration, would you just lift your, your hand really quick just so I can pray with you? Praise God, I see your hands. I see your hands on my left, praise God. Praise God, good. Anybody else, I see your hand back here, praise God. Anybody else, I see your hand back here. God bless you, young lady. Praise God. As you walk in your relationship with God, don't walk alone. Take next steps. Stop by the next steps table, even on your way out. Let us get a Bible in your hand. Let us talk to you about this. And, and whether this was a, a first-time commitment or a recommitment to Christ, let us help you grow in your relationship with God. We talk about it all the time, helping people to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. We want to walk with you in this. Let's sing together this closing song. And as we sing this closing song, if you need prayer for any reason whatsoever, I'm just going to invite you to make your way to the front. And there's going to be a couple of ministers, a couple of people that'll, that'll join me that would be honored just to pray with you and over you. Let's sing together.
be your prayer. I come, you answer. And you came to my rescue. Now. Wanna be with you in my life, Jesus, in my life. Be Man, can we continue to praise Jesus this morning? Come on. Amen, amen. You may be seated. And good morning once again. Welcome to Renew Church. My name is Pastor Mikey. And man, I just want to share some, some announcements with you guys, some upcoming things. Keep everybody in the loop. That's right. Little guy's excited about it. But no, so immediately after the service, we're going to kind of 
kind of a cool day today. We have a few things going on. We have baptism. Shout out to the baptism candidates. Um, but then we're also having growth track. So maybe you've heard me mention growth track before. Maybe you've never heard of growth track at all. That's okay. Growth track is um, it's going to be happening in the connections building. It's the, the building right here. And it'll only be about 30 minutes. It's not going to take up too much of your time. You'll be able to, to still catch the heat game. Am I right? Come on, somebody. Let's go. Jimmy Butler is going to torch the Knicks. If you're a Knicks fan, I am praying for you, and I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Um, no, but, man, check out Growth Track. What, what, is, what is it? What, Mikey, why should I go? Growth Track, it's, it's just a, a peek behind the curtain of Renew Church. Get to know us a little bit more in depth, our, our mission, our, our vision, our values, what we believe, who we are. Because as Pastor Trevor mentioned earlier, listen, we're not going to be shy about it. Our, our, our heart for everybody in this room is to not be a consumer, but to be a contributor to the mission of God. And it's not for our sake. It's not so that we can feel good about ourselves, but it's because that's what God calls us to do. And so it's not just about, you know, Pastor Trevor being up here and, or, or just whoever's on stage fulfilling the mission of God, but it's all of us doing our part, figuring out, God, how do I, how can I play a role in this, God? What is it that you want from me so that I can contribute to the mission of God that has blessed me? You see what I'm saying? It's like you, you, you've been a, a, a receiver of, of this amazing work of Jesus. And now it's our time to not just be receivers, but to be contributors and give this thing back and, and come on board and be a part of the team and see what God can do through your life. That's, that's what church is about. And so just come to Growth Track. You can really, it, 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 there's even a portion in there where you get to do like a spiritual gifts assessment. We give it to you and, and you find out just some of the gifts and the talents that God has given you that you didn't even know maybe were there. It's such an awesome time. If you've never gone, just go. Um, if you do it for anything, just do it for me. Like if you like me in any way, shape, or form, just go for me. And if not, I'm probably going to be really mad and get an orphan heart towards you. But <laughs> just kidding. But just come, man. It'll be worth your time. I promise you. Um, just see, just see what, what, what God has for you there. Um, and then we've got baptism, as I said. So I'm going to bring up my brother, Pastor Trevor, and he'll talk about that a little bit. All right, let's, uh, let's bring our baptism candidates up. So come on, Jose, come on, uh, Axel, come on, Daniel, come on. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. How y'all doing? All right, praise God. Can we give them one more round of applause? Dearly beloved Christian, baptism is a sacrament signifying participation by faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and incorporation into his body, the church. It's a means of grace proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The Apostle Paul declares that all who are baptized into Christ are baptized into his death. We are buried with him through baptism so that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too are raised to walk in newness of life. As we have been united with him in his death, we will also be uni united with him in his resurrection. The Christian faith into which you now come to be baptized is affirmed in the Apostles' Creed, which we confess. We believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. 
he descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and he sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Church of Jesus Christ, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Will you be baptized into this faith? If so, say, I will. Do you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And do you believe that he saves you now? If so, say, I do. Amen. Amen. I want to uh, pray for these guys. Amen. You can clap. Let's pray over them. Heavenly Father, again, we just say thank you. I thank you for Jose and uh, the, the steps that he's taken, dedicating his baby last week, baby Zoe, and, and here today, committing his life to you in baptism. And Axel, who's newer to, to uh, renew, but God wants to be fully in and engaged. And then Daniel, who you've already heard, we've heard his, his testimony and his time as a part of Renew and, and just his example. God, thank you for these men of God that are surrendering, that are dying to their old self to be raised in the newness of life. We ask, oh God, that you would bless this day, that you would bless their lives, that they would never forget this declaration that they're making, that they're, they're dying to their old selves to be raised into the newness in Christ, life in Christ. The old is gone, the new is here. Bless them, we pray. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Come on. So uh, we're about to dismiss, but we haven't yet, so don't get up. We're, we're, when we dismiss, I just invite you to make your way to the parking lot. Just kind of hang out right there on the edge. I pray it's not raining right now, but even if it is, just get wet for a minute. But, but join us right there immediately. Grab your kids and meet us right there as we do these baptisms for these uh, three guys. I would love to celebrate with them over this. Um, also, there is uh, the time of, of giving to Renew Church. This element of the church is, is where you can give back a, a portion of what God has given to you. And there's three ways to do it. There's the envelope in the seat back in front of you. There's the, the website by going to renew.miami forward slash giving. And then you can text the word give to 786-565-1165. It's because of your faithfulness in giving. Those of you that give and you know who you are. You know when you give, and, and I thank you for that. It's that, that that we can do what we do. It's the ministry we're able to do. It's the service that we're able to do to the community. Thank you for giving. And if you've never given before, take the step of faith and give and trust God and believe God because I, I, you can't outgive God. That's been the testimony that has came back over and over to me from people that have gone through the 90-day the, the tithing challenges with us and talked about this. You just can't outgive God. When you give to God, man, He blesses you and He gives to you more than what you even gave to Him. And uh, so I just want to encourage you in that. Let's pray and then we'll be dismissed. God, thank you again uh, for these, your people. I pray, oh God, that you would bless the giving of your tithes and our offerings for the building of your kingdom here in Miami and around the world, God, as we send to, to missions offerings in other parts of the world as well. God, use this church to be a, a beacon of light in our city. And uh, help us to continue to raise up people that are being uh, buried in baptism to become a new creation in Christ. Thank you, O oh God, for the work that you're doing. Bless us as we go from this place, but not from your presence. Help us to be sons and daughters of the Most High. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. go in his peace. You are dismissed.